It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Fans, are you ready to brave the wild? With me, your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Elijah. Brave the Wild is available on the sportstuff.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Thank you all so much for joining me once again today as we're heading into Thanksgiving week. Very cool. Um, as expected, I wasn't able to record the last three weeks due to lawn cleanups, but we just blew through those lawns so nicely. Uh, nice dry weather, and we got it done just in the nick of time before the snow came. So, very cool. <laughs> very cool. What an effective way to go and I love snow on the ground so it's just just the best timing ever um yeah uh the wild have been decent they're they're not spectacular we've seen ups and downs that's basically you could almost say like that is the title of the episode unless they come up with something on the fly later on something that just kind of goes with the flow of the show here but uh it has been a bit of ups and downs you've seen the offense peak you've seen the offense vanish you've seen pretty much great goaltending though along the way the most consistent thing since the last episode, has been the goaltending. Uh, Devin Dubnik has been spectacular, and in the one game Darcy Kemper got to play, he was great also. So, I mean, I, I have no complaints really to to bring to you on the goaltending side of the, the goaltending side of the ice, so to speak. Um, again, we're going to have to brush things with a broad stroke, being it's been a three-week period. The Wild, as of October 30th, I don't even remember their exact record. They were doing pretty well, though. Yeah, they were they were actually in first place. Um, we had three consecutive shutouts. It was just crazy. It was so, so awesome to see. Uh, Devin Dubnik was just dominant. 180 straight uh, shutout minutes that came to an end in Buffalo, of all places. Or actually, at home against Buffalo when the Wild lost that one on November 1st. That was really disappointing. Um, and really, other than a couple of uh, surprising games in mid-November, Thing, well, early to mid-November, as obviously there was some huge stretches in between games. Uh, the, the Wilds offense woke up against Pittsburgh, a 4-2 to win in Pittsburgh. That was a pretty big shocker on November the 10th, not that long ago anymore. <laughs> because, again, the Wild haven't played that many games since the last show. Uh, let's see, they've played seven games since the last show in three weeks because of those, again, those huge stretches in between. You get the 2-1 to loss to Buffalo, you win, you lose one nothing in Colorado. The offense is completely going to sleep. And then almost a week later in Pittsburgh, wow, I mean, what a nice little win for the Wild. 4-2. to Dubnik wasn't perfect, but then again, how can you be perfect against the Stanley Cup champions, one of the best teams in all of hockey? 
the Wild pulled that one off, uh, facing 39 shots, and Marc-Andre Fleury faced 40. Luckily, the Wild were even more aggressive than the Pittsburgh Penguins, coiled two points in that one. God, I love that. Eric Stoll has been leading the offense. He's got 13 points. Uh, Eric Stahl is the leading scorer for the Minnesota Wild at the moment. Um, you really haven't seen any scoring from the Tyler Gray of Ox of the World, and that's unfortunate. Uh, Yule, Yule Eriksenek, unfortunately, is, well, he's kind of been, he was kind of in the process of disappearing at this stage, and, and that's unfortunate. Ultimately sent back to Sweden to kind of keep things going there for that, for the, for the, the Swedish league there. We may see him back later in the year. There's, Nothing against that happening. Uh, he got up to nine games as the Wild ended up scratching him many times to keep him at nine. So we don't lose a year for his uh, contract. The contract uh, clock doesn't start. So that's good. Um, it's, it's just a shame. He started really strong and then the run has started to kind of take over. You know, he's only 19 and all that. So actually quite similar to Matt Dumba years ago where you could tell the whole time he was kind of too raw to be in the NHL. But then the next year he came on strong and was solid. Um, again, defensive lapses, but we could go on forever about that with Dumba. Uh, lots of offensive talent, but some defensive lapses along the way. Uh, Charlie Coyle and Eric Stahl really have been leading the offense for the Wild. Um, Parisi, I don't know, it's just Mr. Injury Bug. It's about it for him. Uh, the Wild lose in Philadelphia, Saturday, November the 12th. That was frustrating. And this picture is pretty much perfect here as Matt Dumba's getting smooshed into the ground. <laughs> Man, that's frustrating. I don't know. Um, Philadelphia is not even that good. I mean, whatever. It's just a 500 team, and 500 in the NHL is not good. Nino Niederreiter and Mikhail Granlin, who's also been outstanding the past couple weeks. During this stretch, um, just the same guys, Nito Niederreiter, Coyle, and Stahl have been on the top line. Uh, Niederreiter's been really good on that top line. Coyle, or excuse me, Koivu and Granlund have been really good together as well. Uh, they've seen Zucker there, Parisi's been there. Uh, it's just all over the place with the second line. The top line, though, has been Stahl, Coyle, and Niederreiter, and they've been, been, been just awesome together. It's really cool to see that. Um, the Wild end up losing that one. That was disappointing. And then Darcy Kemper on a back-to-back... Uh, comes back, they put him in the net, so finally you get to see Darcy Kemper again in Ottawa on Sunday, November the 13th. A 2-1 to victory for the Wild, and it went to overtime. Matt Dumba finishing things off with a nice goal in OT. Kind of sticking with it. Uh, Granlin making an awesome pass. You know, a beautiful centering pass to Dumba, who just rifled the shot from about maybe seven feet away. Not even, he was crashing the net, which is what he does best. Only his second goal of the year, which is hard to believe. Dumba's, I mean, you, you'd think he have like eight goals already uh, in the offense and such. His, his overall, and, and like a trillion assists because he's always putting the puck on net, but it's just he hasn't had a whole lot of puck luck, as they say this year. Uh, so, but this game, uh, Ryan Suter also opened things very early with a shorthanded goal assisted by Stahl and Spurgeon. Um, Eric Halla finally back. That's nice to see. But Darcy Kemper, definitely the player of the game in this one. Just awesome. Outstanding. Uh, they give the they gave the three stars. They gave the top star to Matt Dumba for the game-winning goal. And he was good in the game. But let's give some credit to Darcy Kemper. Just coming back like that after such a long hiatus. Because Dumba was so... Or Dumba. What am I talking about? Dubnik. I'm losing my mind. <laughs> Devin Dubnik was so unbelievable, and he still is. Uh, Kemper coming in, following things up, and you don't lose a step. It's like he, Darcy Kemper is just another Dubnik, another big guy, just a little younger, and showing that athletic uh, and quickness, the, the athleticism and quickness behind the 
between the pipes, and he was fantastic. Uh, Craig Anderson has shut out the Wild in the past, and he's always been a pain in the butt. He's a really good goalie. Uh, it's a shame you don't see Hamburglar in that anymore, but Craig Anderson proving his worth in this league. And boy, he stopped 40 of 42 shots, but luckily Matt Dumba able to finish finish things for the Wild in this game. How fitting is it that two defensemen scored for the Wild in a game like that? <laughs> Great job by Kemper. And then things get kind of crazy. I mean, what the hell is this? It, the Wild usually win games like this, though. That's what's frustrating. See, like the 2-1 to one game. You don't want to lose a 2-1 to one game. It's frustrating, but you really sure as hell do not want to lose a one nothing game at home against the worst defense in the NHL and their backup goalie of the Calgary Flames. Now, Chad Johnson has had some success in this league. Now, that was the goalie, of course, for the uh, Calgary Flames. But I remember very clear, <laughs> I remember very vividly him giving up, I believe, five, yeah, it was five goals when he was in the net for the New York Islanders a few years ago. Um, it just, it, it was it was unbelievable. Um, I believe it was Nabokov. Yeah, I mean, Nabokov was the starter, and then Johnson was the backup. Just unbelievable. Um, are you kidding me? <laughs> he gave up all those goals. Uh, he's had some success with Buffalo in the past, but it completely shuts out the Wild at home. Oh, boy. Uh, Johnson, though, has is having a strong season. He, again, yes, his first shutout of the season. So, I mean, he deserves credit and everything, but, oh, Lord. I remember that year with the Islanders. He averaged three goals a game. That's not as bad as you think. He had probably his worst goal game of the season that night. Last year, very strong with Buffalo in a platoon, and had actually had a winning record with the Buffalo Sabres. So, he is a quality goalie in this league. It's just, at the same time, geez. Uh, <laughs> Brian Elliott has been, has been extremely disappointing, actually for the Calgary Flames, and that certainly not helped their cause. I, I thought the Flames were going to be like the surprise team in the West and were going to move up. I thought they were going to be in the playoffs. They're 6-10 right now. But if they're smart, they'll leave Chad Johnson in that, considering he has stepped up a bit. Uh, his, his only bad year was with the Islanders. It's just that it's funny that you, you score that many goals on the guy there, and then you can't get one against him at home against a worse defense in Calgary. But... Hey, maybe they will make the playoffs after all if Chad Johnson stays in net and he's their Devin Dubnik, so to speak. Uh, Dubnik, again, spectacular in the game. Only gave up one goal to Johnny Godreau, who was injured in the game at a broken finger because the Wild kept hacking away at him. The young star of the Calgary Flames just hack, hack, hack. They hacked hacking at him, and they're complaining about it now. They said he was hacked 21 times in the game, slash 21 times, and he, they ultimately, he has a broken bone in his hand now, a broken finger, and that's unfortunate. Um... The Wilds' offense was pretty sad in this game. Only 27 shot attempts. Um, Devin Dubnik only faced 26, but again, he stopped all but one, unfortunately. He, he's faced 27, but stopped all but one. Pretty even in that sense. Not a good hockey game at all. Nobody was happy about this. You, you come out against Calgary, and you can't even score a single goal at home. I mean, people paid money for those tickets, and that's what they got. Um, that game just sucked. Hardcore. Where's the Wild offense? I have no idea. Uh, the same thing happened basically Thursday night against the Boston Bruins. Tuco Rask, that guy's an awesome goalie. Devin Dubnik is an awesome goalie. You saw a pitcher's duel, as they like to say. That's basically what it was. Like, if there were two pitchers, they'd be pitching a shutout the whole game. And it just kept going. I mean, the Wild hadn't scored a goal in, gosh, like seven seven periods or so. Regulation, just unbelievable. No, it wasn't that many. They, they scored... Uh, it was like five, almost six periods of regulation hockey. He hadn't scored a single goal until Mikhail Granlin scores with 40 seconds left. 
uh, 45 seconds left to be official. And guess what? You know, Mikhail Granlund finally scores a goal. And it was just it, it went off a defender, though. It just... <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's just it, it it went off a defender, but it, but at least it went in, right? Uh, Christian Folin, who is definitely establishing himself as one of the better defensemen in the Wild, which is hard, which is just you know hard to not feel good for him because he's worked his ass off and he's a plus eight. He's one of the best defensemen in the NHL in that category. Um, getting a second assist along the way, Brodeen getting his fourth assist, and Granlin getting his fourth goal. So it's like all guys desperate for a point. They were able to get it. In the, they were able to get it with 45 seconds remaining against Tuco Rask, who is who Tuca Tuca. I keep calling him Tuco, one of the best goalies in the NHL for years. Um, young up and comer when the Boston Bruins won the cup and ultimately took over after uh, Tim Thomas led the way for the Boston Bruins to lead them to their first Stanley Cup since the 70s in the Bobby Orr era, so that was cool. I'm sure they appreciated that very much, and then, of course, yep, Rask takes over. He's been a very good goalie ever since. Boston's been up and down ever since then, but, um, well, they have the same record as the Wild. They're kind of hanging on in the wild card range, unfortunately, but, again, just a couple wins, and before you know it, you're one of the division leaders, so luckily, right now, as long as you have a winning record, you should be in the mix. You should be in the hunt for the playoffs, and the Wild are very much that. They're the top wild card in the in the uh, Western Conference at this stage, so that's good. Uh, Bruce Boudreau again not taking crap from anybody, and that's a good thing. He's not favoring anybody. He's calling players out when they need to be, but he's not uh, throwing them under the bus. At the same time, he's not like you know like creating division in the locker room. Mike Yo, it seemed like that's all it was. He would occasionally throw one of the young guys under the bus, and that would create major division in the locker room. It just wasn't worth it. Mike Yo, God bless him, good guy, but wrong coach for this team. And uh, Bruce Boudreau is the perfect coach for this team, to be quite fair. Uh, couldn't be happier with him. Um, I just hope that the power play and the offense in general starts to kind of get their butts in gear, because this has been pretty pretty disappointing, to be quite honest. Uh, the goals against number one in the league, of course, without a doubt, with the way Devin Dubnik is playing. Uh, he's easily the MVP of the team right now, but even Darcy Kemper, when brought in, was, you know, excellent against Ottawa, and will take it any time. Penalty kill is fifth in the league right now at 88%, power play 24th. Feels like it should be, feels like it should be 31st, right? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> if you know what I mean. It should be, yeah, the bottom of the bo- bottom of the barrel, and even below that. Uh, it's been pathetic. Um, and I don't even mean to rip on him, but it is disappointing. I'm, I'm, and... I don't know. I mean, you're not being honest with yourself if you're not disappointed. And here's the boring stat of the day right here. Should I say it? The boring stat, like the one we always used to come up with when, oh, the Wilds make the playoffs because, oh, they've played less. Uh, in games played, they're, they have two games less played than the Chicago and St. Louis and Winnipeg. Three games less than Winnipeg, who, of course, have their up-and-coming star on their roster. And the Wild can only wish we had one. Um, but then again, we have all kinds of players. We'll be talking about Winnipeg the day before Thanksgiving one. That'll be in the second uh, second segment when we do the previews and such. So should I pass out the awards? I might as well. Um, other than, I mean, the ups and downs along the way have been... Well, the ups have been fun to watch. The downs have been really irritating. I uh, really like the progress... Uh, the, Improvement from Eric Stahl from last year. Just what a what a nice addition to this roster. What a nice offseason addition Eric Stahl has been. 13 points in 16 games. Ryan Sears got 12. Coyle's got 10. Granlin is fourth on the team in scoring with 9 points. After a really quiet start to the season, he's really picked it up of late. And he, he, he is definitely showing a, a different side of the game 
that he hasn't had in the past. He's more aggressive. He's more. He's playing more free also with the fact that he's on the wing, and that has just been fantastic. Uh, Eric Zanek, like mentioned earlier, nine games in, so we do not lose. We, we do not uh, lose one year on his contract clock, so that's great. Five points in that category in, or, or during that time, and those five points happened in the first three games or so. So ultimately got much quieter since, was scratched a lot, and down he went, or back he went, I should say. Chris Stewart, only five points. He's been at that forever, and I'm not too surprised with that. Uh, nice to see Eric Halla and Zach Parisi back in the mix. Parisi's not been a huge factor other than he's taking blocked shots a lot, and it's just that's why he gets hurt. It's nice to see him doing it, but at the same time, mm, too many freak injuries for Jack Parisi. Um, just that we got to hope and pray that there's less and less of those freak injuries for him. <laughs> Eric Hall is at only nine games. But yep, it's nice to have him back in the mix. And he's a factor right away again, which is great. And that third line, he's, a, he's as good a third line center as you're going to get. And we'll definitely see more production from him coming up very soon, I would have to believe. Pominville's been on the third line all season. Six points so far in the first 16 games. That's the one good thing about Pominville. He is an Iron Man. He's always been around. Uh, Christoph Burtsky, Burtsky, one point still. Uh, Tyler Grayavok's been centering that fourth line. He's as productive as Polkinen. Scored in his first game, and ever since, no. Uh, <laughs> we'll talk about Polkinen in the second segment with the when we look at the Iowa Wild. He's been doing pretty well down there. Nothing new there, though. Mike Riley's been up at the NHL level, but no points yet, despite dominating down in the AHL level. Oh, hopefully he breaks through one of these days. I'm really hoping for it. Would be would be nice to see. Would be nice to see. So with that, let's pass out the awards and move on to segment number two, where we preview and then check up on the Iowa Wild and wrap up the show. Uh, the awards for this week, well, we're going to give the Mike Madonna Award. It's going to go to Devin Dubnik, yep, who deserves it, but also Eric Stahl, who's just been fantastic, uh, giving it to two guys this time around. Devin Dubnik and Eric Stahl. I mean, without these guys right now, the Wild would be, <laughs> the Wild's record would be uh, significantly worse, I gotta think. Stahl has really been awesome, leading the way. Top-line center for the Wild, and he's he's playing like it at the moment, and it's it's nice to have him on this roster. It's too bad, it's too bad he's in his 30s. I wish he was younger, but then again... Yeah, we probably wouldn't have him then, unless you're really lucky. You'd have to have drafted him to have him at that stage. That's why it's so hard to build a championship team in the NHL because you got to not only draft right, but you got to be bad sometimes and and get an Eric Stahl really early in the draft, that type of thing. That way you can enjoy their whole career, or at least the prime of their career. Uh, the James Trepper Memorial. Um, give it to Eric Sinek. No, no. Uh... I mean, really kind of the lack of production offensively. A lot of the the Tyler Grayavox, Tyler Grayavox of the world have not been productive. It's disappointing. Guys like that, Chris Stewart's not been productive. So it's kind of collective that way. Dumba, again, only five points, but he did score a game-winning goal. So I can't give it to him in that sense. Koivu, only six points, just like Pominville. Parisi, always getting hurt. Jason Zucker's gone back into you know limbo as well. Only seven points. He had them very, very early. He hasn't scored in forever. No assists, nothing. Uh, no generation of offense whatsoever from a lot of these guys that you're counting on to do something sometimes. So it's kind of a collective uh, James Sha- James Shepard memorial. I hope I didn't say Stewart. I was looking at, I was looking at Chris Stewart there. <laughs> James Shepard memorial is going to kind of be a collective one with all those guys. Need to step up. This is killing us right now. Uh, the Wild should have a much better record when you're having the goaltending we're having. It's just been unbelievable, Devin Dubnik. He absolutely does get one of the Mike Madonna awards. 
but I have to I have to mention Eric Stahl because he's really been leading the way for this offense. Uh, Dubnik with four shutouts on the year, save percentage over ninety five percent. Goals against average one point four eight. As good as there is right now, definitely an all star goaltender for the Minnesota Wild. So with that, we'll take a quick break and jump in for the ever fun segment number two. Back here on Brave the Wild, segment number two, we are going to preview three games leading up to Thanksgiving. So there you go. Uh, it's all about the Central Division here, folks. Central Division collision three times over. Colorado, Dallas, Winnipeg. Ooh, yeah. Let's get some wins here. Let's win two out of three here at least, please. These are must wins as far as I'm concerned. And I don't mean must wins as in, oh my God, the season's over. But these are pivotal wins, pivotal games for the for the, for the season. You, ha- you These are games that you, good teams win and the teams that don't make the playoffs lose. If we lose all three of these, oh boy. Season's not over, but boy, oh boy, are we behind the eight ball at that stage. Let's start off Saturday, November the 19th. That day sounds familiar. Wink, wink. Colorado Avalanche come to Excel Energy Center for the first time this season. The hated, dirty, cheating, okay, whatever they are. The hated, dirty Colorado Avalanche who frustrated the hell out of us last time. The only guy to score a goal was frickin' Landeskog, the most hated member of the Colorado Avalanche. You know, the wild offense has not been good. The Colorado Colorado offense isn't good either. Uh, Matt Deshane leading the way with only 11 points. Nathan McKinnon, the phenom, so to speak, only 10 points. I mean, Coyle's got 10 points, so... I don't know. I mean, Coyle's good, but I wouldn't call him a phenom. Uh, Gabriel, 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 right? I might as well call him that. Okay, I'm kidding. I don't want to get any complaints. Eight points on the season, including the game winner against the Wild. Ugh, I hate this team. Um, they're in last place in the Central Division. The Wild need to and should win this hockey game, and they need to get revenge on how things went last time around. Uh, the unfortunate side of things, see... Varlamov has been disappointing. He's been lousy. Just like Brian Elliott with the Calgary Flames. So what happened last time around? Calvin Picard. It's not Picard like Jean-Luc Picard, but Picard. You know, like as if you said Jean-Luc Picard incorrectly, like Q did in that episode for old Star Trek Next Generation fans. (laughs) Yep, uh, the last good Star Trek series as far as I'm concerned. Anything after that? In my opinion. Uh, Calvin Picard engaged and he uh, raised shields and, yeah, and the Puck, not one puck got past him last time around. Just disappointing as hell. Yeah, uh, he's been very good for them. And if he's in net, shoot, we're going to have a low-scoring hockey game, I think. Dubnik most likely will be in net. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see Kemper play one of these three, but I don't know. Maybe you can't, unless Dubnik has a bad game. I mean, maybe you can't, because luckily they're spread out enough. You get Saturday, then Monday, and then Wednesday. So it's every other day. You, I don't know. More than likely, Dubnik will play all three just because, I don't know if you want Kemper in Dallas, but that would be about the way things go sometimes. You have a, It's like you put Kemper in the most strange ones, and then he does well. Uh, just like back in the day with the... Uh, now I'm blanking on the guy's name. I don't know why. It'll come back at some point, but it would always be like 40 shots on goal, and we'd lose one nothing in Detroit, something like that, or 2-1. to one. I don't know why I'm blanking on the gun. The guy with the guy that had MS, and everybody knows who he is, and I know who he is. It'll come back. Uh, it doesn't really matter right now. Um, 
the Wild should win this hockey game. Yes. And I'm going to pick the Wild to win the hockey game. <laughs> should I pick Niederreiter to score again? No. I'm going to go with Charlie Coyle, the most likely guy to score against the Colorado, Colorado Avalanche. Will be Charlie Coyle, even though Nieder Niederreiter usually does. But that hasn't been lucky whenever I pick that. But the most likely guy to score tonight will be Nieder Niederreiter. The Wild will win 3-1 to one over the Colorado Avalanche, in my opinion. I think they'll take advantage of things. Varlamov more than likely will be in net. And I think the Wild will beat him. Um, three to one victory regulation, of course. Maybe an empty netter late. It'll be kind of a tight one, two to one for the longest time. Maybe even one to one forever. Who knows? Colorado might even take the early lead, but I think the Wild go from there and win the hockey game over the hated, dirty Colorado Avalanche. Again, most likely guy to score, Charlie Coyle. Monday, November the twenty-first. Oh goody, Dallas Stars. Wild head to Dallas. The Wild's record in Dallas has not been as good, uh, really ever. Uh, the Dallas Stars have not been as good this year. And I had them going to the West Finals after such a breakthrough season last year. Carrie Lennon, again, not very good. But he did well against the Wild last time. Antti Niemi, not very good. Um, no. Uh, <laughs> the Wild did win 4 nothing against Dallas a while ago. But then second time around, not so great. Uh, the Wild hopefully can take advantage of this team once again. Um, I'm... Hoping for the best here. I, I I think the Wild actually could go on a win streak here. The home game against Winnipeg is actually the most scary, believe it or not. Um, Tyler Stegin leading the way still for the Dallas Stars and in a huge way. 21 points in 18 games. Jamie Benn with 14. Patrick Eves, Patrick Eves with 14 as well. Klingberg, one of the best defensemen in the league. Yep. Um, it's a very talented team. They have a lot of veterans. They have a lot of youth. A lot of star power. The goaltending has not been good, though. Niemi averaging 3.44. Letting in 3.06. Um, not good at all. Save percentages both under 90%. 89 apiece. Terrible for both goaltenders. The Wild have to take advantage in this one. It's on the road, but the Wild have been good on the road this year for the most part. Inconsistent is probably the biggest, the best word to say, but I, I think the Wild could really take advantage of this schedule and against the not-so-good goaltending of Colorado, who and obviously Colorado doesn't score either, the bigger threat in this one is the fact that Dallas can score. Uh, last time around, the Stars were just lazy and frustrated, and don't be surprised if they come back in a, with a vengeance in this one. This could be one of the messy ones. This could be a tough one. And if, and if the Wild win, it's going to be something like 4-3, to three, something like that. Might have to go to overtime, maybe 2-2, two to two, and then it goes to overtime, and it's 3-2 to two with a shootout victory for Minnesota or Dallas, of course. Um, this is going to be a tough, very, very tough game. Uh, the Wild offense needs to take advantage of the poor goaltending and not-so-good defense of the Dallas Stars. And, of course, the defense of the Wild needs to keep doing what they've been doing right and the penalty kill and such because this Dallas team can score, at least at the top. The top their top players do score on a regular basis, especially Tyler Sagan. He has been absolutely fantastic for the Stars this season. Jamie Benn has dropped off a bit considering what he was last year. Nagging injuries here and there, I'm sure. But, boy, he, he's not quite on the level of Sagan so far this season. Uh, Stars, excuse me, the Wild... The Stars and the Wild have similar records. The Stars have played two more games, and they have the same amount of points, so they're actually below the Wild at this point. Uh, Colorado is in last place, one of the, the only team in the division with a losing record. The Wild need to win that game. They need to win it. There's just no excuse. That's a no-excuse game. It's not a must-win, but it's a no-excuse game. The Dallas game, the, the Wild's record in Dallas has been bad for the most part, historically, but, the, but, but again, the Wild at the same time have played significantly better against Dallas the past 
couple of years, and even last year in the playoffs, the Wild the Wild represented pretty well in that series. It should have gone to the seventh game too, but of course it didn't. Um, where do we go with this one? Am I brave enough to pick a three to two victory for the Wild? It'll, I'm going to pick a three to two overtime extra period win for the Wild. Extra period, whatever it is, shootout, overtime, maybe a you know a neater rider or a or a coil or a. Actually, it would be somebody, I swear, it would be somebody like a Suter or a Hala that would win the game. I'm going to say Hala is going to score the game-winning goal, and he is the most likely to score in this series. It doesn't even matter if it's game-winning, but whatever it is, that Eric Hala will be the guy that he's going to score against the Dallas Stars. He has a great history against them, and you've seen it in the past on a regular basis. Uh, Suter, of course, always a factor. Uh, but Hala will be a name you're going to hear in this one, in my opinion. Three to two, uh, extra period of some sort victory for the Minnesota Wild in that case. Um, Winnipeg comes to Minnesota, and boy, hmm, Winnipeg Jets are, well, they've played three more games in the Wild. They only have one more point, so that's good. That's good. The Wild could make up ground in that one, hopefully. Hopefully we do. But, uh, hmm. I don't know. I, I don't like the Wild against Winnipeg for some reason. Um, they're only 9-8, and eight, but their goalies have been good. Uh, Hutchinson was good. when he, he was good, and he was really good against the Wild earlier this season. But ever since then, he's just like, let, you know, like, he's, he, he's just like Lennon of the Stars right now. Not so good. And Connor Hulley-Book has been better. Uh, Connor Hulley... <laughs> Hulley... Hulley-Book. That's like a German name. Yep. Uh, he's, uh... He's been significantly better. He's got the winning record. Hutchinson is still a... He's a backup goalie. He'd been a very good backup goalie in the past. But uh, not of late. Um, man, oh man. Patrick Lane and Mark Schaefer. Oh my goodness. Oof. 22 points and 17 respectively. Patrick Lane with a 17. Oh man. Um, these are some good prospects for Winnipeg that are really t- taking over now. Seventh overall pick in 2011. Mm. You know... I remember the Wild having a really bad finish to the season that year. God dang it. And they ended up moving way up in the draft. Like, way up in terms of, I mean, should I say way down in the draft? Because they won, like, three games in the last week of the season against, you know, for no reason. Just just to move up, just just to screw up our draft position, I suppose. Oh, man. Ah, that, that's a prospect the Wild missed out on. I mean, you get Dumba and everything. but Or actually, that was Brotein. But uh, still, god oh, dang it. Um, Patrick Lane as well, uh, second overall pick. People see him as a, just a, one of the franchise players in this league. Already 17 points, 12 goals on the season out of Finland. This is a Finn, this is a Finn that would have really fit in with his wild team. And it's a shame. Here come the Jets. You know, it's another Dallas Stars with Ben and, and Sagan, but maybe better. You know what I mean? Probably better. I think Patrick Lane, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Oh, only 19 games into his career, 17 points. Don't you just wish Erickson Eck was like that? Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be great? Ah, uh, why can't the Wild ever get a, a star like this? But then again, it's because we never suck. We're just mediocre. You're stuck in that mediocre bubble. Just look at this guy. Born in 1998. He's, 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 uh, <laughs> he's turning 19 on April 19th. He's going to have his golden birthday. Oh, I wish. God, I wish. I'm going to pick the Wild to lose this game. And you're going to see one of these two young stars uh, score for the uh, Winnipeg Jets. You have Blake Wheeler, too. Dustin Bufflin, who's always a butthead. He's a pain in the ass to play against. Just another annoying Landis Gog type of guy. He'll drive you nuts and, and cause a ruckus. 
Winnipeg's poor goaltending or not so good goaltending. I mean, I mean, Hellebuyck has been better than Hutchinson, that's for sure. And he'll be in that like hundred percent chance. He's ninety. He's, he's got a ninety-one percent save percentage, um, barring an injury. Anyway, he'll be in that uh, or injury or just really needing a day off. I think the Winnipeg Jets win this one. Unfortunately, it's going to be fairly low scoring. Well, I'll, I'll go with a three to two victory. For the Winnipeg Jets, and it's going to be a regulation, maybe three to one, three to two. The way the Wilds' offense is, I could, I don't know, I could just see them kind of taking a dump in this one. I'm going to go three to one Winnipeg in this game, and I hate saying it. Uh, the Wild have played very well at home against the Winnipeg Jets, but they've had a few gaffes here and there, and I could see this one being that because if you're going to win Colorado and Dallas, I just see the Wild coming back and not winning that that Winnipeg game leading into a holiday. And the Wilds' holiday games have been really bad. Uh, we finally won on New Year's Eve last year, which was great. But then, of course, Mike Yo, everything went completely down the toilet for him after that. Um, the Wild always play on New Year's Eve and always lose until last year. I think the Wild will lose on Thanksgiving Eve against the Winnipeg Jets. Unfortunately, sending the fans out, not so happy, but pleased at least at the previous two victories. That's my opinion, though. 3-1 to one victory for Winnipeg Jets. And I believe Zach Parisi will finally uh, light the lamp again. That He'll be the guy that will score that goal in my opinion. Um, Winnipeg Jets really uh, have a nice future because of this. Um, two guys aren't necessarily going to make your whole team and everything. You need defense, you need goaltending, you need good coaching too. You need consistency, a penalty kill, power play, all that. There's a lot of aspects and a lot of other players to play well with these guys, but they're pretty well put together. Um, it's actually surprising they don't have a better record other than the youth of, of the stars of this team. That's the only reason they don't have a better record, and that's the one hope that the Wild could beat the Jets because it's not like they're dominating the league right now. It's just the fear that the possibility of that, maybe not dominating the league, but being a, a dangerous force for many years to come when you have talent like that uh, uh, leading the way on, on your top lines, your, your top six for the Winnipeg Jets. That's where things are heading with them right now, and I will pick a loss for the Minnesota Wild. 3-1, to one, 2 the Winnipeg Jets, unfortunately. Well, the Wild don't have any phenoms in Iowa, but at least one of their first-round picks is starting to starting to come around down there. And then a second-round pick that some people have probably forgotten about, some people got frustrated with, and started the season really quiet. And that's Gustav Olesen. I'll talk about him first. Started the season really quiet. He had like one point in the first five games or so. Now he's got nine um, It's in the last three weeks. He scored eight points in the last three weeks for the Iowa Wild. He's really coming up there. He's the top-scoring defenseman in Iowa. Uh, Gustav Olsson in the past mentioned how Sikibel saw him as a stay-at-home defenseman. He said, oh, no, I'm an offensive defenseman. Uh, he's out of Boris Sweden, of course, but he grew up more in the United States. Uh, he doesn't really have an accent. Very talented individual, really starting to step up. Hopefully he can stay healthy now. And maybe at some point Gustav Olsen will will finally break through and make it to the NHL roster. Uh, probably not. Probably not anytime super soon, especially with uh, Christian Folin really being that plus eight uh, defenseman for the Wild. He's been a wonderful. Uh, he's been a wonderful, wonderful uh, force to be reckoned with in the Wild's blue line. But Gustav Olsen, he had a he had a pretty poor plus minus. Now he's only a minus two for a not so good Iowa team. Alex Tuck. Alex Tuck. First round pick. 2014 is now tied for the leading scorer with Jordan Schrader. He's now got 10 points after a very quiet start. He has been picking it up of late, and that is really cool. 10 points, 4 goals, 6 assists down there in Iowa, starting to show a little bit of that energy, and he's a plus 5 for the Iowa Wild as well. That is extremely exciting to see. 
Alex Tuck. No, nobody in a rush to bring him up to the NHL, but to see him starting to become one of the better players at the AHL level, that's extremely exciting. That's really nice to see. Now, he's not a superstar, but at least he's leading He's he's leading the Iowa Wild in scoring tied with Jordan Strader, who's played three less games than him because Strader's been up with the Wild on occasion. Um, Lucie has been decent as well. He's a minus three, not spectacular. Ten, uh, excuse me, seven points in 14 games. He had a little bit of an injury bug. Sam Anas got hurt really early. He's only got four points in 11 games. He's, he's been back. He scored really early, but early ever since then, not so much. And that's too bad. Um, that's a shame to see that. So the other names of note, Nick Steeler, of course, former Gopher defenseman, stay-at-home guy, 12 games, no points, and 24 penalty minutes. Um, so nothing spectacular. He's also minus six along the way. Nick Steeler still just in his first year at the AHL level, so ho- hoping things turn around for him, and I think they will at some point. He's just getting started, just getting his feet wet. Uh, Steve McCulloch, clearly the better goalie of the two right now. Alex Stalock is only 2-5 and five with a goals against average over 4. Save percentage only 87. McCulloch has a save percentage of 92, but he's only 4-4 four and four with a goals against average of 3.01. But McCulloch so far been the better of the two down there. Alex Stalock looked on as like the number 3 goalie for the Wild, so to speak, a guy you'd call up, and he's struggling at the AHL level, big time. Disappointing. Um, I, I didn't expect to see that, and Maybe he was hoping to be an NHL goalie. I don't know if getting sent down somehow dashed him, but I I don't know what what's going on with that. Uh, hopefully he can turn it. Hopefully he can turn it around. But he certainly hasn't done that yet. And even Mahalik, after a strong start to the season, has been tipping back into the, the mediocre <laughs> the mediocre pool. That's pretty much where he is right now. So nice little checkup there. Uh, Polkinen, since getting sent down, has played eight games and scored eight points. Uh, Three goals, five assists. Polkinen, a dominant AHL player, a definite veteran of the AHL, um, who has been a mediocre fourth-line, basically, NHL player. But he's a a star down there in the AHL, and he always has been, basically. And it's not changing now. He'll probably end up leading the team in scoring within a week or so. He'll be the leading scorer for the Iowa Wild. Oh, goody. He's one of those guys. You know, I, I won't compare him to Brian Bonin because he's at least done something in the NHL, but uh, he's similar in the, in that sense where he'll be dominant at the AHL level. At the NHL level, I don't know. Not not so much. And Wild hoping for more out of him. He may end up getting called up again at some point, though, and don't be surprised due to injuries or just maybe they want to give him another chance. Maybe they're disappointed in somebody like a Tyler Grayabach who, again, hasn't done anything so far since the first game. Um, I'm happy for Grayavak that he's getting time, though, at, at center in the fourth line. Of course, Polkin is not a center, but you obviously can maneuver other players around because <laughs> we Wild have several centers on the roster. So they'll figure something out. Or, of course, uh, well, Zach Dalt being out doesn't help either because uh, he's, he's out for a long time, unfortunately. So that's pretty much the checkup on the prospects at the at this moment. Nice progress by Alex Tuck and Gustav Olofsson. Very encouraging to see those guys coming around. Olofsson, yeah, really nice to see. I mean, he, he he's playing at the level even maybe beyond he was last year when uh, Torchetti was the coach down there at the Iowa level and before he hurt his shoulder, his, his other shoulder, if you know what I mean. And that was frustrating indeed. So there it is. Um... Uh, that's your checkup. I believe there was something on the Facebook page. First and foremost, though, as we try to get that fired up, <laughs> uh, to get there, it's facebook.com forward slash brave the wild. Facebook.com forward slash brave the wild. 
There's also a uh, phone line. But yeah, please go to the Facebook page. Click like. It would be greatly appreciated. There is a phone line. It is 209-736-7877. 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention you're calling in for Brave the Wild. And keep it to about a minute or two. And we'll put it on the show. You'll hear me and I'll respond to you very kindly. <laughs> Your statement, shout out, comment, question, whatever it is. As long as it's wild related, it would be appreciated. Um... There's multiple ways to get there. There's the phone line that I mentioned. That'll be in the uh, show description. There's also the call now button on the Facebook page. You just call right in that way and bam, you're on. That's awesome. You, it goes through Facebook Messenger. So you could be calling it from Australia or Canada or wherever, anywhere in the United States and call it that way. Or there's the audio submission route where you use your smartphone, use the free uh, a free app on your smartphone or smart device record a audio submission just like a phone call and email it to paladino live at yahoo.com paladino live at yahoo.com everything will be in the show description so for the facebook page checking to see if there were any comments it's been quiet man i know it's partially my own fault but still mm. um lcl terror was for zach Dolph. that was on november 1st so gosh it's almost that's been about three weeks so he's about halfway recovering uh hopefully Dolph will be able to come back. He might end up getting more time than the, <laughs> I guess that is it. That's unfortunate. So there is nothing on there. Uh, but yeah, hopefully Dolp will be able to come back and be productive. Uh, is it the AHL level or whatever it is? Maybe you'll see Dolp and Polkanen back. Maybe it'll be a reunion with that. Maybe that's how Polkanen will come back once Dolp is returned to the NHL roster. If, if, if he does return or maybe they send him down to Iowa first. I'm sure they'll do that. And go from there. I don't know if Dolp is going to be the center or not for the fourth line. It'd be best case scenario for the Wilder would be the Grayavok, but I don't know. I mean, if, if Dolp is NHL, if, if Dolp deserves to be in the NHL, he deserves to be in the NHL. It is what it is. So we'll wrap the show up with that thought. Thank you all so much for your loyalty to the show. God bless you. I uh, hope you have a happy Thanksgiving as we're heading into that. Um, please be smart. Be uh, be <laughs> use common sense. All the good stuff. And have a good time. Enjoy it. Enjoy the hockey coming up. Hopefully the Wild do beat the Winnipeg Jets. That would be awesome. Uh, If you could write a positive review for Brave the Wild on iTunes and or Stitcher, it would be so appreciated. And and I definitely will shout out to you on the show. And thank you. Thank you live here on air. It would be just greatly appreciated. Uh, It it only helps the show. Makes it look better to potential listeners. Stuff like that. That's just a way you can help the show out. Um, if, if you're willing to make the time to write a short review on Brave the Wild, tell us what you like and such. Other than that, please tell a friend about the show if you could. Maybe they're a hockey fan. Maybe they know about it. And I also want to welcome some of the new uh, Facebookers that joined the, joined the page. Thank you so very much out there that have jumped on board. I don't know if they're listeners or not, if they just joined it because it's a page or if they joined it because it's a show. Uh, post more often out there. want to say hello to Benny Allen out of Australia. Hope things are going all right for him as well. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. And we'll be back next week. We'll be back. Maybe I I may record on Thanksgiving. That's the funny part. It tends to be like an old tradition for me. So I probably will record on Thanksgiving. Expect to see Brave the Wild pop up at some point in the evening. Possibly. Possibly uh, on Thanksgiving Day. Maybe Black Friday. We'll see where things go. Until then, everybody do take care and enjoy yourself.